a lot of times we get into friendships or relationships or work communities or whatever it is with these people and you think, well, this might not be the right environment, but if I could just do more, if I could be more, if I could say more, if I could show up more, if I could push my limits a bit more, if I could extend my capacity a little bit more, then I could make this okay. And I wish I would have known you cannot. You cannot, you will not, and it does not work like that. What I want most for women everywhere is to stop playing small and step into your unique power so you can finally show up as the fullest, biggest, and truest version of you. But that requires that you first get crystal clear about who you are and then let go of everything that you're not. I'm here to teach you how to know yourself, trust yourself, and honor yourself so you can create a deeply aligned, deeply empowered, and deeply inspiring life. You know, the one you were actually sent here to have. Come on, let me show you how. So I've been thinking about doing this episode, this podcast for a long time. And as I am now in my 43rd year, and just with everything that's happened, like over the last three years with the pandemic, course, breakup and just all of the shifting that has happened in my life, happening, happened in my life around business, just ideology, just a lot of stuff. It has been a good time, plus doing all this deep work in therapy. It has been a really good time for me to start to think back about the things that I would tell my 30-year-old self. And I wanted to like, you know, narrow it down to seven or 10 things, but classic Deca fashion. It ended up being this random ass number of 14. So we will go with these 14 things. And so some of these things I'll probably actually flesh out into a deeper podcast. Or if you're hearing something and there's something where you're like, oh, I want her to say more about that or I want to know more about that, then definitely DM me on the gram and let me know because I'm going to kind of go over these a little bit. So number one, and side note, I said number one, but let me let me pop back for a minute. These are not actually in order of importance. They're just things that I jotted down, that I thought about, that you know were really profound, that were things that I would have wanted to know as a 30-year-old, or I would have wanted my mother or some elder woman or something like that to have told me. I probably also would have wished that I knew these things before 30, but yet here we are, the things that I would tell myself at 30 years old. So the first thing is, that Deka, you are playing a long game and you are building an integrated life. You are here to build a life, not to just run after separate individual goals one at a time. Because when you end up running after these random goals that are not truly anchored in anything, you end up getting there and then you still feel empty inside because it still feels like I got the thing, but... I don't know, something here is missing. And I would really implore myself to, and I probably would have done this before 30, to be honest. This is something that I think should have happened as a teenager, but to really separate what the world is telling you to do and what society is telling you to do and what the overall, like the charge that we are given to like get the job, get the car, get the house, get all of the things that is very Western. And to just remember that, your life is not just about going from 
goal to goal to goal, going from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop, that the valleys are really important too. And a lot of times we only recognize the valley when we're in the mountaintop. And a lot of times we only recognize our mountaintops when we're in the valley. That part is really, really important. A lot of times, to say it again, we only recognize our mountaintop moments when we are in the valley. You look back and you look at photos and you think about how great you looked when you thought you were fat. Or you look back and you look at different, you know, whether that's career milestones or relationships or just moments where, you know, you remember doing this random thing with these people on this random day or this random night or this one time that you were cracking up, dying so much. And it seemed like it was nothing, you know, it was a very joyous moment, but kind of seemed like it was nothing in the bigger scheme of your life. But then as your life story has gone on, your journey has progressed, you look back and you realize this was a mountaintop moment. And you really see that when you are in a valley. So yeah, that one thing would be, remember that you're playing a long game, that your life is not just about, you know, graduating from college, getting a great job, buying a house, finding love. It is all of it together. You are quilting the story of your life together. So thing number two would be this too shall pass. Back to the thing about mountains and valleys, like there will be mountains, there will be valleys, and they will come again and again and again. And Deka, the goal in being here is not about trying to avoid the valleys or trying to figure out how you can route yourself on the GPS so you can skip it. Newsflash. You do not get to skip it, but what you are here to to do or you are here to learn to do or hopefully that you will learn to grow in grace to do is to be able to weather those storms easier, find a way to do that. But number one, know that it will pass. Whatever joy you have will not be here always, so hold on to that. And on the flip side, whatever deep, deep sorrow that you have, that will not be here always either. So, and again, a lot of times we only recognize those moments when you are in the next stage. So that's something that, yeah, I wish I would have known at 30 for sure. I think it would have given me a little bit of a different perspective on how I move through things. So point number three or thing number three that I wish I knew at 30 years old is to find the people who really see you. This is some shit that I should have learned at eight, but how important environment and friends are. It is not just about partying and going out and having a good time, but really our lives are made by the quality of our connections and by our relationships. And so it is very important to be around people who see you, not just the ones who praise you for who they want you to be, but who see you. And doing all of the quote unquote right things will never work if you are only in communities with the wrong people and being seen for the wrong things. You know what I mean? So a lot of times we get into friendships or relationships or work communities or whatever it is with these people and you think, well, this might not be the right environment, but if I could just do more, if I could be more, if I could say more, if I could show up more, if I could push my limits a bit more, if I could extend my capacity a little bit more, then I could make this okay. And I wish I would have known you cannot. You cannot, you will not, and it does not work like that. So to really pay attention to not just who I had a good time with or not just who liked me, but who really saw me and who I really felt saw me deeply. So the fourth thing would be that your feelings are really important data. That is something that I wish I would have known. I think I grew up with 
I don't know that I had a whole lot of conversation like around my feelings. That wasn't necessarily something that was talked about a lot. And so because I'm such a researcher and, you know, consume information voraciously and reading and always paying attention to social conversations that are happening, I think particularly the construct around women. In a lot of ways, I made my feelings be this quote unquote bad thing, this thing that I needed to toughen up through. You know, you hear a lot of that now where it's like, put your feelings aside, get out of your feelings, just do this thing. And I wholeheartedly disagree. I could not fucking disagree more. I think that our feelings, I think, and I know now that our feelings are really, really important data. So my fourth thing would be like, do not gaslight yourself by ignoring your feelings and saying that you're too blank, you're too needy, you're too sensitive, you're too deep, you're too much, right? That's when we hear a lot, you're too much. Stop doing that. Stop trying to intellectualize and qualify whatever it is you feel. Yeah, your feelings may not be something that should specifically inform your behavior. So what I mean by that is like, just because you're angry doesn't mean that you pop the fuck off on somebody, but it does let you know, hey, there's something that needs to be witnessed to here. There's something here that needs to be recognized. So your feelings are really important data. I wish I knew that at 30. I mean, again, wish I knew it at eight, but particularly at 30, considering that also the vitiligo started around 28. Like it's, yeah, it's something that I wish I knew them. So thing number five, ooh, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. How you get there matters. How you get there matters. It is not just about getting there. It is about how we get there because really all we are here to do as humans is to be on and enjoy this journey. And if you get all of the things in a way that makes you feel like you abandon yourself, that you hate, you're exhausted, burnt out, disconnected, your light is off, um, your skin is dry and bad, and you don't like any of the people around you, none of what you got will actually be worth your getting because you will have completely betrayed yourself to get it. So how you get there matters. And particularly because I left corporate at 25 and I've been an entrepreneur so long or you know, been a um, business owner so long, this is particularly important for business. And I wish I knew that because I spent a lot of time trying to circumvent and you know, try to find the fastest route to get somewhere. And I think we all have different paths. We all have different journeys. We are all here to do different things and to birth things in different ways. But what I know for Dacon now at 43 is that the way she is here to birth something is to be relatively gentle. It is not to shock my soul. It should not be super urgent that it throws my nervous system off. You know, all of that urgency and extreme stress, particularly working in television with design and all that kind of stuff and on all the HGTV stuff, that shit was incredibly stressful working on tiny house that pace a lot of people can do it but particularly for somebody with an autoimmune disease this is not helping you this is not going to do it's not going in the direction that you think it should go because by the time you get all of these things that you want and I did get them I had the accomplishments the you know national press and being on national tv and being in national magazines and being in coffee table books and all of these things that I wanted I did all of those things I had them 
and yet being exhausted and hating the clients and all these different things by the time I got there was not worth it. So how you get there matters. Number six, I think this is, get clear about your needs. I wish at 30, I would have known to get really clear about my needs. And it's something now at 43 that I'm still, you know, in therapy and like getting clear about and really needling down to define them and what is it that I need versus what I think I need. And so getting clear about my needs and telling everybody in my intimate space about them. And again, it's like, you're always going to be calibrating to your needs at different points of your life. And so what I need now is different than what I thought I needed when I was 30, when I was 25, when I was 38. But the big thing is like neglecting your needs does not make anything easier. And I don't know if this should be a separate point on its own. But another thing I would say about the needs is like acting like you don't have any needs in order to make it seem as if your needs are getting met. Deka make it make sense. Make it make sense. It is not working. Like you are not going to feel fulfilled. Your cup is not going to feel like it is full. You have needs that you're actually not articulating that you have. And I think part of that just stems from childhood and different things of like being so accustomed again to minimizing my needs so much that I wasn't aware at all. And so I spent so much time doing that much, much longer than in hindsight, I wish I would have. So definitely something I would have told myself at 30. All right. I think this is thing seven. Only date and partner with people who love the things about you that you love about yourself. That is really, really important. And I think especially when we first meet people and we're having fun and we're kikiing and there's the energy and the, the tension and the sexual tension and all this kind of stuff. And we can tend to float on that for a long time. But, you know, I think one of the things that I do love about myself is that my relationships tend to be really long, eight years, 10 years. I am in long, deep relationships with people, which does not make it fun when those relationships end. But being in long, deep relationships, you start to see like you want to make sure that people are not just tolerating you, that there's not passive aggressive comments about who you are, particularly the things that you love about yourself, right? So it's like, if you, you know, for me, I love, I don't know, I actually didn't think about specific examples for this, but my mouth, you know, I like to curse. I think it's actually really important in a lot of ways. So a lot of times the curse words, it's not just like I'm a blubbering fool saying all these random ass curse words out of my mouth. But a lot of times I think they are well-placed and they have to do with the context of what I'm talking about. But if I'm with somebody and partnering with somebody who does not like that about me, then sis, they don't fucking like one of the fundamental things about who you are. And I think for each person, somebody else can listen and say, well, cursing, that's something you can give up. That's not that big of a deal. Maybe, maybe not. But what that line is about, you know, where we want to compromise, that is different for each person. So one of the things when I look back, I think I have spent a lot of time abandoning myself in relationship. And I have spent a lot of time and energy trying to shape shift into what I thought people wanted me to be or what I, you know, what I thought I needed to be for them or what they may have said that they wanted me to be. And what I now know is like, it's never going to work because you have abandoned yourself to try to make yourself fit in a place that you don't naturally fit. And because this is who you are, these things, this Dekaism, your sauce is here, 
you know, in the beginning, people have the mask on, they date and it's fun and it's fine and we're kikiing and we go out and, you know, great sex and all these different things. But after a while, you become yourself because you can't help it. And this is the thing, again, about being in really long relationships. So yourself will come out, it will start oozing out. And when it does, you want to make sure that you have already partnered with people who love those things about you that you love about yourself. And another thing with that would be look for the people who invite and encourage you to be more of yourself. So if your light gets brighter, that's how you'll know. And I got that from Kelsey, I think her handle is um, Radical Self Love on Instagram, but that was something that she was talking about not too long ago. Like, if your light gets brighter, that is how you'll know. So look for the people who encourage you to be more of yourself. I love that. Um, I think this is eight. Make sure your values are aligned, whether this is love relationships or friendships. I think I may have been thinking about love when I wrote this down, but for sure. Make sure your values are aligned. But I would say really with friends too, particularly my circle tends to be really, really intimate. I have not until recently really had a lot of values conversations with the people that I've been friends with. It's always kind of been a, you know, we vibe, we get each other, this thing that hasn't actually explicitly been expressed. But now at this point in my life, I'm like realizing, no, these are things that really, really do need to be expressed because people can say that they have the same value, that they both value family and it's valued in a different way. I do value family, but a lot of what I mean by that is probably not going to be the same as what somebody else means. So these things need to be talked about. I always say I can have fun with a whole lot of people, but love is not enough. You know, just having fun is not enough. Love is not enough. And really understanding over the last couple of years that really good, really healthy relationships are not just about feeling love, but actually cultivating relational skill, which is not something that you just wake up and do like reading books, going to workshops, being in therapy. These are the things like make sure your values are aligned. Those are things that I deeply believe in that I have been doing for over a decade. I've long been invested in this kind of stuff. And it's interesting for me to see where I have been friends and partners with people who have not been into those things. So that is something that I wish I knew at 30. Deka, you're never going to be able to get around this boulder ever. Make sure that people are aligned with your own values. So what is this? I think nine. You like what you like sexually. And you don't need to move any faster. And you aren't just here to please a man. So make sure that someone is putting in the same amount of effort as you are, whether that is sexually inside the bedroom, whether that is outside the bedroom. But I think for years, I am somebody who does not jump in the bed with people quickly. I'm going to make a whole nother episode about that. But like sex is really sacred to me and not meaning, you know, that we have to be married to have sex, but I'm definitely not in Sometimes I wish I was a different way. I wish it was easier for me to just hop underneath somebody else and move on and jump under people really quick. But that is not how I'm wired. It's not how I'm built. And I think I spent a lot of time getting slack for that, even from friends. Like, you should be moving faster. You should do this. You're being overly cautious. And now being able to look back at my 30-year-old self, I would love to tell her, like, there's nothing wrong here. There's nothing wrong with any of this. And I think this is what happens when we grow up and there's just not a lot of sexual conversation happening, except for the part where it's like what you're doing to somebody or what somebody did to you or what kind of sexual fun you had. But to know what's quote unquote normal, that was something that I needed. And so, yeah, I would definitely look back and just tell her that you like what you like. 
and it doesn't need to be faster. And somebody who moves really fast sexually is really not going to be a good fit for you. And that's something that I know now too. Like I'm actually turned off. I don't want to just see you and meet you and you're talking to me about sex. Like that's, and again, it's nothing about like being prude or being Victorian, but it's just like, we don't know each other and making love to somebody, having sex with somebody, which for me, it always is, whether we are deeply in love or not, but that's the feeling and that's the energy that comes with the responsibility. If I just met you two nights ago, bro, this is not fucking happening. It's not ever. And so I am glad that I never pushed myself that far, but there were definitely people that I think I slept with that I needed to give it, you know, more time. Seven weeks was not enough for me. And listen, eight weeks was not enough for me. Might have been for somebody else, but it's not for me. So I wish I knew that at 30. So hopefully this is 10. I don't recall, but I think this is thing 10. So the 10th thing that I would have told myself at 30 is you are a giver. You need to understand this about yourself. You are a giver, Deka. And so you need to look for another giver to love. It is not your responsibility to teach people how to give to you. You do not have to work an effort to be worthy of love. And at a basic, most fundamental level, you are worthy of someone who gives to you without you believing that you have to teach them how to do it. This is something that I am still unlearning now. I am not dating, but again, just kind of in the therapeutic process and stuff over the last couple of years, really examining and challenging my own beliefs of like, what do you really believe here? And if you did this thing, what's the belief that's underlying this behavior? What is underneath here that is causing you to behave in a certain way? And I think I have had this belief or not, I think, but my results and my behavior has shown me that I have been carrying this belief that somebody could not meet me on my level. So that particularly around giving, that you're always going to be giving more. And that's just something that you have to put up with. Like for instance, I am a writer through and through and written word is one of the ways that I share my love for people. And it's words of affirmation is also my number one love language. And it's always been a thing where, you know, I want to receive that back. And I used to hear from my friends a lot of like, well, you're expecting somebody to do it exactly like you do it. No, I don't, because I know that nobody will ever be me. Nobody will ever write the way I write or think the way I think. But what I do want is I want to be touched by the writing. I want to feel it. And I think, you know, speaking as a writer, I think it's people make the writing much more complicated than it has to be. I think it just requires honesty. But whatever it is that I am giving, and I am giving in a way, of course, that like, you know, matters to the person and that is important to them. And I go out of my way to remember special dates and do all these different things. And so knowing that I am worthy of that too, I don't have to partner with somebody who doesn't know how to do that and then put the responsibility on my own back to then try to teach them how to do it so that my cup can be full. You are worthy of somebody who is a giver. So when you are looking, look for another giver to love. It does not take you two years, three years, five years, one year, 12 months to figure out if you're with somebody who is a giver. You'll know and you'll know very soon. So I wish I knew that at 30. Number 11, be extremely discerning about how you accept advice from. All of these are really important. This is another really, really important one for me. 
I would tell 30 year old Deka, do not take advice from people who are not living how you want to live and whose values don't align with yours. So again, focusing on the end goal and where they are at the end, it's not enough. It's not enough. Following at their end goal will not get you where you want to go because how you get there matters, right? Like that's back to number two or three, how you get there matters. So the outcome that they have is one part of the story, but it's not enough. So you need to be extremely discerning about who you accept advice from. And this is another thing I'm going to build a whole podcast around or a whole episode around. I have spent a ton of years allowing people to speak things into me that they actually didn't have permission to speak, that they were not invited to speak. They were not in some ways allowed to speak it, but I didn't say anything. And so it's like, actually, and this is funny because this all aligns with my North Node that's in the first house. And I don't need your help. I don't need your assistance. I don't need your advice. And the only time I do, or if I do, I will explicitly ask you for that. But just people walking up and thinking that you know something and you should share that, or you've got some input, some experience, or you think you're where I need to be or I should be, uh-uh. don't let people do that. Because I think that's been one of the biggest things that has violated my own stability and my self-trust for sure. Me knowing things because there are so many things that I know intuitively because I am an intuitive and there are and definitely clear audience. And so there are things that I hear and know and can see and it's not rooted in logic. I can't tell you why I know it or how I know it. I just do. But because I was evolving, whether that was in business, whether that was age and looking for people who know more than me to tell me because they had some accomplishment, that shit has really fucked up my sense of self-trust because I have listened to things that they've said, done it, and then the whole time been like, you know what, this shit isn't right. I don't think this is right for me. Get to the end, find out it's not right for me. And it's like, bitch, you knew better the entire time. You shouldn't have done this. So definitely to be extremely discerning about who I accept advice from. 11 is pay attention or pay more attention to what they say than what they do. I love love. And Deka, it is a beautiful thing that you love love. And we love that about you. We want you to continue that. But the only way to keep your heart open is to find those who can love you back. And part of that um, is not just being loved back, but also being loved back in a way that the circle of reciprocity is still you know, moving through. And so it's really, really important to pay attention to what people do at the end of the day. And Raquel always reminds me of this Maya Angelou quote that I used to say, like at 16 in high school, that basically alluded to the same thing. Like, you know, it matters not what they say, what really matters basically is what they do. And so that's something that at some part in time or at some point along the timeline, it actually fell out of my mind, or I just wasn't taking my own advice, but I wish that I would have known that. And again, that's actually something I wish I would have known at like eight, nine as a child to pay attention to people's behavior because they can have the best intentions and they can want to do something. And then even when you start getting into like conscious mind and subconscious mind, when we meet people, we are talking about consciously who we want to be, what we hope to be, what we hope to have, who we are, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, your behavior is actually dictated by your subconscious. And those are those deep down beliefs that you don't know are there, the limited beliefs that are running, what you actually believe is possible for your life. So you meet people and they say they want to give you the world or they want to do this thing for themselves when they have these big grand plans. 
but then you're seeing a disconnect between what they say and what they do, this is why. And this is also why for me, back to the thing about like relationships and sex, you know, it's important for me to give it time because I like that deep, earthy, Capricorn, Virgo rooted, like sense of stability and not just stability from talking out the side of your mouth, but it's really more Capricorn energy. I want to see your words align with your actions. I want to see that deep integrity and that takes time. It's not just about what you say, it's what you do. So I wish I would have known that. I think I probably, yeah, I don't know if I knew that about myself at 30, but it is something that I wish that I was aware of and I knew and I, you know, somebody had told me. So 12, nothing can ever take the place of trust and safety in your relationships. There is no substitute for it and it cannot come later. Trust and safety must start from the beginning and they have to be built from the beginning and when they are destroyed or when they have been bruised, it takes a lot of intention to build those things back. And whether that is in, again, intimate partnerships, whether it is in friendships, I think I had a very, because there was no conversation, probably a bit more juvenile idea of like, again, if we just love each other, this is enough. We're really good friends. You say sorry, I say sorry. We can kind of move on kind of thing, which is different than you know, two people really being aware of and being able to name that there's a trust or a safety violation and then intentionally working on building those things back. And I think this would have helped me to know or recognize like, you're not crazy. You are seeing something here. Something is off and it does need to be addressed. So these are just kind of like fundamental, some of the the things that I'm talking about, some of these points that deal with relationships are fundamental things that I didn't grow up knowing that safety and trust are what undergirds a relationship. So now that I know it at 43, it's absolutely something that I would have told myself at 30 and again, long before, to be honest. And what is this? Number 14. Ooh, stop looking for others to recognize you. Recognize yourself and then look for those who see you the way you see yourself. So again, I think a lot of this is probably business related for me. And again, as somebody who left corporate at 25 and has been out forging her own road and flying her own flag and all that stuff for the last however many years, I think a lot of times there is this thing of the work is good if other people say it's good. And even being a woman, we are oriented of like, don't think highly of yourself do other people like it? Do other people say it's good? Then that's how you know the thing is good. And I think even, you know, human design has been really, really helpful with that, particularly being a projector and knowing and understanding like, no, you're here to recognize yourself. And in recognizing yourself, other people will recognize you who are on that frequency and want what you have. If they do not, you do not have to convince You also don't wait for them to tell you that it's good either. You just show up and be yourself. Or my other analogy is like, you be the lighthouse, you stand there, you turn the light on and you allow whatever is attracted to you to come. And then you can pick through, you know, what actually works for you and what doesn't. So it's absolutely something that I wish I knew at 30 to spend less time worrying about if other people like it and to spend more time worrying about does Deka like it? Does it feel good for Deka? Does this feel like who you are? Even that, that is something that absolutely would have been a marker for me. Like, does this feel like who you are? Even if you're not sure who you are, 
does this feel good? Does this feel like it could be it? And if it does, go in that direction. So those are 14 things I would have told myself at 30. Interested to hear your feedback. And again, if there is something that I said that you're like, ooh, say a little bit more, I would love to flesh it out. I could probably talk about each of these things for hours, but I thought that it would be really good as I am hitting another phase of my evolution to take a moment and see, you know, what do I know now that I didn't know before? And what are those lessons for, you know, some of you who may be under 30, some of you who may be around 30, even if you're older and you don't know them, you may hear these things for the first time and be feeling something in your spirit, but you can't really name what it is. And if I can help to give you some words to that, then that brings me endless joy. So Hope this brought you joy and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you love what you heard and you want to hear more, please be sure to not only follow the podcast, but also to leave a rating and review. Listen, ratings and reviews are super important because they help spread the word about the podcast so other people like you can be served by this great content. Plus, your support and feedback actually help me to continue talking about the topics and ideas you love. So if you want to connect further, you can find me on Instagram at Baker Robinson. Feel free to send me a DM and tell me what you loved about this episode. I seriously love hearing from you. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.